It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Julian Council, and we are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. That's right, Monday through Friday, 30 minutes every day. You can hear me talking about your favorite team, the Carolina Panthers, all things Panthers, all things NFL. That's what we do right here on the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, where I please encourage you to rate, review, subscribe. If you like what I'm doing, five stars. If you hate what I'm doing, Four stars, but either way, four or five stars, well, that's what I'm looking for here. You can also find me on Google Podcasts. You can find us on the new Odyssey app. You can find us on Spotify. Pretty much wherever you find podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, that's where you can find the Locked On Panthers podcast with yours truly, Julian Council. You can also connect with me on Twitter, at Julian Council. That's at Julian Council on Twitter. You can check out all my tweets with the Carolina Panthers. And also pertaining to Charlotte sports and North Carolina sports and Really anything that catches my fancy, like people arguing about Julian Edelman, whether he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, the answer is yes, because his name is Julian, and I'm Julian, and if he's not elected into the Hall of Fame, I'll see it as an attack on all Julians out there. So, that's where I stand with that. I also couldn't care less whether Julian Edelman's ever going to be in the Hall of Fame or not, because really, does it matter? No. Not to anyone here with the Carolina Panthers podcast here with the Locked On Podcast. So, today... I sat down earlier on the phone with my guy Alec Campbell out in Raleigh to talk about the Carolina Panthers and what was going on within this offseason, their plans heading to the draft. And he also brought up a really interesting article from Joe Person after the press conference on Monday that took place of Sam Darnold and Matt Rule talking to the media. And just all the fresh new beginnings and all the good feels that come from that. But there's kind of a sneaking suspicion that maybe we could be here again next year if things don't go according to plan with Sam Darnold. So I want to talk about that. Also, Jonathan Jones, who I love and respect, has come and joined the circus when it comes to mock drafts. So he put one out on Tuesday afternoon. I'm disappointed in him, but I actually am entertained and interested in what he put out there in his latest mock draft. And also Mel Kiper Jr., he now has his two-round mock that also was a little bit of a head-scratcher. Not really, JJ's was much of a head-scratcher, but Mel Kuyper's was a little interesting, and I'll get into his as well, as we are still here in mock draft, draft season, and all that kind of stuff, as we sit about 15 days from round one of the NFL draft in Cleveland, Ohio. But starting off today on the podcast with Joe Person and his article that was titled, Sam Darnold represents a fresh start in a new beginning with the Panthers until he doesn't. Saying, Monday was about fresh starts, new opportunities, and the chance to dream of better endings. But listening to Darnold and the Panthers coach Matt Rule, who had to separate Zoom an hour earlier, you couldn't help but wonder if we'll all be here again a year from now asking the same questions about the Panthers' pursuit of a franchise quarterback. As you remember, we go back to last year. Matt Rule has a new head coaching job here in Carolina. 
He brings in his offense coordinator, Joe Brady, who was at LSU after a national championship season with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and that just star-studded cast of offensive players. He had previously been in New Orleans. So he knew Teddy Bridgewater. Evan Cooper, the wide receiver coach, had always told Matt Rule, when we get to the NFL, that's the guy we should bring here to be our quarterback. So they do that. They say all the glowing things about Teddy. All those great thoughts were going on until late October. And then things changed in the second half of the season. And we know the story. You all know it by now. David Tepper saying you got to be in constant pursuit of that quarterback. If you're not, you got to go find that guy if you don't have him. And Teddy Bridgewater, as we all found out, which I think really we knew last year, when they signed him, he wasn't going to be the guy. But we certainly found out in the second half of the season, he was not the guy. And the Panthers have been flirting with quarterback after quarterback and have finally landed on the Sam Darnold placement of the game of football life. So... Where are we, though, if Sam Darnold doesn't work out? Because Person went into all the detail of Teddy Bridgewater and the quotes from Monday afternoon and all the, the good stuff that was coming out of it, but he did close off me in saying, it sounds good and looks promising on paper, but if Darnold keeps turning the ball over, which he's done, 39 interceptions in 38 games, including 20 fumbles, and the Panthers are 5-12 and or 6-11 and next season, that won't be on the same page anymore. Tepper and company will be turning it again. So... Alec asked me, Alec Campbell, who produces for Adam Gold, the Adam Gold Show, based out of Raleigh, on 99 on the fan, also can be heard across the great state of North Carolina. He was just asking me, kind of off of this article, do I see the Panthers potentially looking at a quarterback again in 2022? And I told him that I would not be surprised at all. He's like, are you holding your breath here with Sam Darnold? I am not. I've made my thoughts very clear on Sam Darnold. I understand why the Panthers made the trade. I don't necessarily dislike it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just one of those things where this is a guy who came out of college with all the bona fides. I get he's only he's only 23, going to be 24 when the season starts. He has a great arm. Can probably add that dynamic that we have not had here in Carolina since that 2015 MVP season with Cam Newton. That would be excellent. But you have to wonder if he is the right guy here in Carolina. Because even with McCaffrey... And with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and David Moore and Dan Arnold as a pass-catching tight end in this offense, you have to wonder if he is really going to be all that much better. Because he should be on paper because of the guys there. But let's think about it. What have all the great quarterbacks in the NFL done? Tom Brady elevates the guys around him. Aaron Rodgers elevates the guys around him. Cam Newton's 2015 MVP season. Who were his wide receivers that year? He had... Ted Ginn Jr., Jericho Cotchery, Philly Brown, Britton Burson, Devin Funches. That is not a good wide receiver core at all. And we found out once they got to the Super Bowl 50 in Santa Clara against the Broncos against that great defense of Akeem Tlaib and Chris Harris Jr. out there on the corners and in the two pass rushers coming off there with Von Miller that they had no answers. They, the receivers couldn't get separation and Denver won the day. And it was frustrating as hell. But you look at that receiving core and you could finally go back and look at that's the problem for the Carolina Panthers. Yes, Mike Rimmers was an abomination in that game, but not being able to get separation and not having the quality receivers, not having the quality weapons was really what played Cam and hurt his team towards the end of his tenure. Where finally Marty Herney was like, all right, I'm back in Marty 2.0. Let's go get McCaffrey. Let's go out there and get DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. But it was too late. And by time Cam Newton actually had weapons, the Panthers, with Matt Rule and new owner David Tepper, no longer wanted to be a part of the Cam Newton experience. 
So Cam elevated really good receivers around him. Sam Darnold, who didn't have good receivers around him, did not elevate those guys. So that's when I ask you, you know, how good is this guy really? Because the best quarterbacks out there elevate the dudes around him. Yes, Carolina, New York, back when Sam Darnold was with the Jets, they should have done what Buffalo's done, the team in the intervision, where they've given Josh Allen all these weapons. They gave him to Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs was a first-team All-Pro this past season. Cole Beasley was an All-Pro. Um, John Brown, you you go out there and they 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 draft um, Gabriel Davis out of UCF. They constantly gave him weapons and they gave him protection in the offensive line. Things that they failed to do in New York. But also the question with Josh Allen too is, without those guys, is he as good as he was this past year? Because now the offense of Buffalo is predicated on the past and predicated around Josh Allen. Can Sam Darnold here in Carolina be a guy who can be the center of the offense? Because really when you look at what he has around him, it's just about not making mistakes. It's getting it out to McCaffrey, whether it's out of the backfield or it's just throwing out to him as, a, as in the slot. Getting the ball down to, to Robbie Anderson out deep or getting to DJ Moore across the middle or getting to Dan Arnold and David Moore. It's just don't mess these things up. Be the point guard. Just distribute the football to the guys on the roster and don't try and do too much. So are we here next year? I don't know. But it would not surprise me because I just look back at his tenure in New York and I just didn't see a guy who really elevated the players around him even if they did not have the talent that you would want at wide receiver, I just look at, I look back at what Cam Newton did in 2015, and it's just a marvel every single day that he was able to take that ragtag group of receivers. Now, Ted Ginn had his moments. Jericho Cotri was a fine wide receiver prior to his time in Carolina. Not saying that he was bad, but he was at the back end of his career. And yes, he absolutely caught that football in Super Bowl 50. But still, what Cam Newton was able to do in 2015 and in 2017 when he's rolling into the playoffs with Kalen Clay and freaking Britton Burson as like two of his top three options at receiver. And to have that game in the, in the balance at the end in New Orleans, like is Sam Darnold capable of doing something like that? Didn't see it in New York. Of course, different circumstances, tough circumstances, but man, I would not be surprised we're back here next year. I hope we're not because I'm rooting for Sam Darnold. I'm rooting for this team, but man, we'll see what happens with the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold. As the Carolina Panthers are in the constant pursuit of that quarterback and they don't have him, well, they're going to have to go out there and find him. Now, will they be finding him in the draft in two weeks? Possibly. Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports, who is here, resides here locally in Charlotte, had his first mock draft of the mock draft season. So I want to get into some interesting stuff that he had in his pertaining to the Carolina Panthers in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious, sir. Yeah, delicious, sir. That's a word. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and my favorite, apple almond crisp. You can also check out some of their 12 original flavors like coconut almond, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, toffee almond, and peanut butter brownie. And all the bars, which is the really cool thing about it, say you want to have raspberry, all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. There's another great thing about Built Bar. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for anyone who's health conscious. They're also great for anyone who's trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone on a keto diet or anyone on any sort of diet at all. So do this for me. Go over to BuiltBar.com and quickly... 
purchase at Built Bar. While supplies last, they'll give you a free cooler with your purchase. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Get all sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the worst time of the year. It's mock draft season still going on as we're still two weeks away from the NFL draft, which I cannot wait to come here. I saw it was Jeff Swartz who... Former Carolina Panther, he still lives here in Charlotte, covers the NFL. He's tweeting out, yep, I think I've done it. I'm sick of having all these mock drafts. I'm sick of all the draft analysis and takes. I've been there since this whole thing started as this, after the Super Bowl, Jeff. I am ready for it to be over with. I am ready to see what the Carolina Panthers going to have on their roster. And I'm just ready to just stop talking about the draft. I want to be talking about draft grades, which is also another useless exercise that we do here during the offseason. But, hey, it's content. You guys want to talk about it. You want to hear about it. So I'm here to give it to you, even if it kills me deep inside. So Jonathan Jones, my guy, NFL writer over at CBS Sports. He here locally used to cover the Carolina Panthers for the Charlotte Observer. Carolina alum decided that he wanted in on mock draft season. And I texted him earlier today and I was like, I cannot believe you did that. I am so disappointed in you. But here's the thing. JJ has sources. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast that a lot of these guys who do these mock drafts don't just do these mock drafts and just throw things. No, some of them do. Now, some of them just guess. But like the Jonathan Jones, the Matt Mullers of the world, the Daniel Jeremiah's, the Mel Kuyper Jr., who will get to his mock draft here in a few moments, and the Tom McShay's, this is all because of intel that they're getting from their sources around these teams. So this isn't all complete BS. Now, some people it is, but not these guys. So JJ has a standard first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, Zach Wilson going to the Jets as a Jets course last week, traded Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers, Mac Jones, which is still the, the head scratcher of draft season to me. Some, for whatever reason, San Francisco is going to trade apparently three first-round picks to take Mac Jones at number three overall to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a season. Now, this is where it gets interesting. He has the New England Patriots with Cam Newton as their quarterback. They have them trading up to get Trey Lance from North Dakota State with the Atlanta Falcons at number four. So, right there, four quarterbacks gone in the first four picks. And there's been talk, Peter King of Football Morning in America, and NBC Sports had brought up that he felt like that in the first four picks, there was all going to be quarterbacks. 
and it's been widely regarded by most people out there that the draft really starts at number four with Atlanta. Are they going to stay put and take Kyle Pitts? Are they going to take a quarterback themselves if they feel like it's time to move on from Matt Ryan? Or are they going to trade out? J.J., from whatever he's hearing, believes that they're going to trade out and New England's going to trade up from 15 to 4 to go draft Cherry Lance. At 5, the guy who I desperately want for the, the Carolina Panthers, Panay Sewell, the Cincinnati Bengals protecting Joe Burrow's blind side. They have Panay Sewell getting drafted as a left tackle. Um, number 6, the Dolphins, who traded back up with the Eagles after trading out of 3 with the um, 49ers, are taking Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. At 7... Here's another interesting thing. The Denver Broncos, a team that we've talked about who could have been threatening the Carolina Panthers if the Carolina wanted to stay at eight and had not traded for Darnold. They want to stay at eight and try and grab a Fields or a Lance. The Denver Broncos jump Carolina to number seven, with the uh, which is Detroit's pick, and take Justin Fields. So five quarterbacks off the board in the first seven picks. That would not surprise me to see Denver trade up because Drew Locke, they're not really in love with him. They try to find some competition. They also talked to the Jets briefly about potentially trading for Sam Darnold. And then we get to eight, where the Carolina Panthers are taking wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU. Now, remember, Joe Brady was the OC at LSU a couple years ago, back when Jamar Chase was a superstar as a sophomore wide receiver. He, of course, he opted out this past season with the coronavirus pandemic going on and knowing that he was going to be a first-round pick. J.J. goes and says the urge to reunite Chase of O.C. Joe Brady is too strong to ignore for Carolina in this mock. It's not a need for Carolina. That's offensive line, D-line, and cornerback. But Matt Rule has promised he'll take the best player available, which he said on Monday. Panthers ultimately couldn't turn down the best wide receiver in the draft, especially after losing Curtis Samuel and having Robbie Anderson in the final year of his deal, which is a great point right there. It's an excellent point. And that's kind of the thing I like about what Matt Rule said. If you're going to go best player available, because that's what... Free agency allowed them to do with the signing of A.J. Boye last week on Thursday night. With the signing or the trade, I guess it was Wednesday night rather, technically um, with A.J. Boye. But trading for Sam Darnold and getting that starting quarterback that you're looking for. Hoping that he's going to be an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater down the road. Whether it's this season or next season, they think that Sam Darnold, they can get him back to being that number three overall pick that he was when he was drafted out of USC to the New York Jets. They, that gave them the opportunity to go ahead and take best player available. So I'm wondering, and I'm asking y'all out there, tweet at me, at Julian Council, are you cool doing best player available if that means it's going to be a wide receiver? Because a Jamar Chase pick, I don't hate that at all. I would actually love that. It just makes his offense even more explosive. And my thing, too, like, I would want an offensive tackle. I want a Panay Sewell. He doesn't have an offensive tackle going off the board again until you get down to the 13th pick, which is the Los Angeles Chargers taking Rashawn Slater to protect Justin um, Herbert's blind side. So... I'm not in love with Slater, but he's one of the, he's widely regarded as the second top tackle. I would still love for them to go best tackle right there. But if they want to go best player available and he means Jamar Chase, I'm cool with that. Because like I like I said, once they went out there and drafted traded for rather Sam Darnold, everything the Panthers need to be doing is about building around Sam Darnold, making sure he's successful. So you already have McCaffrey, you already have DJ Moore, you have Robbie Anderson, who he had success with in New York. You already added Dan Arnold. You have David Moore, who Scott Fitter was with back in Seattle, and he had a career year this past year catching the ball from Russell Wilson. If you're not going to go tackle, you're the best player available right there at eight, and you want to take Jamar Chase, that's helping Sam Darnold. Now, is it going to help him as much as a tackle? I don't know. To, to be determined, but he is the best wide receiver on the board in an extremely deep wide receiver class. 
I'm of the opinion when it comes to wide receiver contracts, is this something that they're going to have to figure out? While they haven't picked up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option that they got to do by May 3rd, they also need to pick up DJ Moore's, which they're going to do. So DJ Moore is on a roster for this upcoming season for his fourth year, and he'll be on a roster in 2022. And I assume if he continues to have a 1,000-yard receiving season, the Carolina Panthers will eventually extend him. Now, Robbie Anderson, who had a 1,000-yard receiving year this past season, I don't know what his market's going to be. Because it wasn't Hughes coming out of New York. It made a lot of sense for him to come down here to Carolina with Matt Rule, his former coach at Temple. And it makes even more sense now that Sam Donald's back here. The best, I mean, the quarterback that he played with back in New, in New York. But when it comes to contracts with, the, with wide receivers, you can only really pay two. And the cap situation wasn't great for the Carolina Panthers in the whole NFL this past, this, uh, this I mean, current offseason. So they really had to choose between Taylor Moten at right tackle, which is more of a greater need than Curtis Samuel wide receiver, and Curtis ends up signing in Washington with Ron. But, like, you don't pay three wide receivers. Would it make more sense? For the, and, I, and I had been saying throughout the entire Curtis Samuel conversation is, like, you'd be better off just go ahead and getting a kid out of college and having him on a very short-term deal or on, on that rookie money for four years or doing a deal they did with David Moore. It'd be cheaper than trying to pay Curtis Samuel the $30 million, whatever he got in Washington. Jamar Chase also gives you the opportunity to where you take him in the first round where you have the option to exercise his fifth-year option like you have with DJ Moore, which is worked out, to where you have him on a rookie deal for five years opposed to paying Robbie Anderson a bunch of money, especially if he's the top wide receiver in this class. So I would not hate that at all if they ended up drafting Jamar Chase. While it's not a huge name for the Carolina Panthers, it would make things easier going into negotiations with Robbie Anderson to where if you lose him, you already have his replacement on the roster in Jamar Chase, and you put him next to DJ Moore, and if he lives up to be the best wide receiver in this class, man, you got a hell of a tandem right there to go along with Christian McCaffrey. So I, I don't hate that at all, but please tweet at me at Julian Council. If you're not a fan of the Panthers taking best player available, if it means taking a wide receiver instead of taking a tackle. And again, I'm on team tackle, but it would be really hard to be upset about Jamar Chase being a Carolina Panther. That's how things do break down. So that's Jonathan Jones, senior NFL writer for CBS Sports at JJ or at Jones 9 on Twitter. If you want to follow him and check out all those things, he also talks Panthers. He used to cover them for the Charlotte Observer. So that's his mock draft. Mel Kuyper's mock draft. Not as big of a fan I am of that I am. So gonna get into that in a moment. Not really sure if that was good English or not. Probably not, but gonna get into that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you all about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts including Hall of Famer Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. So, Jonathan Jones, put out his mock draft. Don't hate the Jamar Chase there at eight if their Panthers can go best player available, which is something that Matt Rule brought up on Monday. And Scott Fitter has also said once they traded for Sam Darnold, it gave them the flexibility to kind of go out there and do such a thing as best player available or really just to not have to worry about some of the needs. He wanted to use free agency to fill in some of the holes so they could go in the draft and be able to address some of the other needs but really not be – hamstrung and hoping that they're having to rely on rookies to fill the holes on this roster, which is kind of the problem that they had last year, but it was a young team in the first year of a rebuild. So it makes all the sense in the world. Mel Kuyper Jr. Now, who this year is the first time he's ever done trades in the history of him doing mock drafts for ESPN.com. He has his latest mock draft, like 5.0 or whatever. Um, that's a two round mock that came out today. It's, I guess it's 4.0, but you get it. Like these guys are doing way too many mock drafts. It's like, make up your mind. But as things change, I, I I guess I understand. So, of course, status quo. Trevor Lawrence, number one, to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson, number two, to New York. As, of course, Sam Darnold's now here. Mac Jones to San Francisco, which is still boggling my mind. The trade, he has Miami, <laughs> who already traded out from three with San Francisco, then traded back up to six with Philly, trading then up to four with Atlanta to take Kyle Pitts. Now, if Atlanta wants Kyle Pitts, I don't see that happening. But, again, this is based off of intel that he's hearing. Cincinnati, he has him at five, taking Panay Sewell. He has the Falcons now back at six, taking Trey Lance, so they get a quarterback instead, which would be interesting. So there's four quarterbacks off the board in the first six. At seven, he has Detroit taking Jamar Chase. And then at eight, he has the Panthers taking Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, the wide receiver. So Justin Fields, still on the board, by the way, going not even to the Denver Broncos at nine, which would be shocking. He has the Patriots trading up to 10 with Dallas taking Justin Fields. I can't see Fields getting past Denver at 9. I know this would also, Panther fans would lose their ever-loving minds, the ones out there who still want to draft a quarterback at 8. If Justin Fields is available and Carolina does not take him, I understand the argument out there. If you want to hedge your bets when it comes to Sam Darnold and you want to go get a quarterback, I guess it makes sense. But still, why in the world? They haven't done it yet, but they're going to exercise this fifth-year option you would basically just have thrown away a second and a fourth round pick next year to for Sam Darnold, and he's not even going to be your quarterback for a year. That that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but we've already been over that. You can listen to the podcast on Monday that I had of this week talking about why drafting quarterback at eight does not make sense to me. I'm, I'm done having the conversation for the most part, even though I'm sure I'll find a way to bring it back into my conversations on these podcasts coming up. But I digress. So Mel Kuyper with... I mean, offensive linemen, they could take Rashawn Slater. They don't want to do that. They, there's guys like Sertan they could take and a quarterback. But they take Devontae Smith, which, hey, if it's best player available and that's where they have their board set up, I'd be cool with it. 
even though I know a lot of people would be mad that they didn't take fields, even though I don't think that should be the case. He says, my appreciation for Sam Darnold's potential is well documented at this point, so I don't see Carolina taking a quarterback here after trading for the former Jets starter. Go and get him some help instead, either along the offensive line or at receiver. Smith is a, t- a stellar route runner who just gets open, put him alongside DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and this is a top 10 offense. Why couldn't Carolina compete for a wild card spot in 2021? Which I've said, I think that they will be in the hunt in the playoffs in December and potentially early January in week 17 and the new week 18 as we're moving to a 17-game schedule and you're in the 2021 season moving forward. Yeah, uh, look, I would be fine with that. Um, Panay Sewell's gone. Like, Panay Sewell's the guy I want to date. And if it's not going to be Panay Sewell, I think the tackle would make sense. Again, I I just I haven't ta- watched a ton of Northwestern football, to be honest with y'all. So I really can't speak on Rashawn Slater. I saw the weight he was pushing up there on his pro day a couple weeks ago. He's a, he's a specimen. He's a dude. But, like, man, Panay Sewell, five-star out of Oregon. I, I mean, I watched a ton of Oregon football. That dude is a brick house, and you're not getting by him. He might not be the most athletic, but he lives to the five-star building, and the only time, like, really, he's he gives up, like, no pressures. I, I want Panay Sewell. But if it breaks down to this, I would be kind of fine with Devontae Smith because just like with Jamar Chase, how Jonathan Jones had it set up, it allows him the opportunity to lose Robbie Anderson and not be concerned about who's going to be their number two wide receiver because it's going to be Devontae Smith stepping up. And really, if you look at it, their number one option is Chris McCaffrey, then DJ, then Robbie Anderson. So are you going to pay your third option, which is kind of the conversation I have with Curtis Samuel because last year was the third option for Carolina. Then he'd become the fourth option once Chris McCaffrey comes back. Or are we going to be overly concerned about paying that third option to Robbie Anderson? I'd love to have him here in Carolina long term particularly if him and Darnold can have the same connection they had in New York and he played here, he played for Matt Rule like in college, as we've talked about before, it would make a lot of sense for him to be a long-term Panther. That's what he wants to do. If they have the money to do that, what they don't, it would be cheaper, more economical at eight to take a Devonte Smith at wide receiver and be able to have that fifth year option. Now in the second round, as I'm scrolling down here in real time, he has the Carolina Panthers. He being Mel Kiper jr. Taking Landon Dickerson, a center slash guard, from Alabama, previously at Florida State, where he survived the post-Jimbo Fisher era, where they just had a dreadful team, including their offensive line. Dickerson did suffer an ACL back in the playoff and was unable to play in an out. Well, he did play in a national title game for like two snaps, and it was actually one of the cool moments where he was just there for them to kneel down at the end. Mel Kiper Jr. goes and says, Dickerson is center on my my 22-man super team. But he could also play guard in Carolina, which already has Matt Paradis. And that's interesting because the Panthers like that positional flexibility, which is why they signed Cam Irvin, who's played guard and tackle not very well to $8 million guaranteed. And they signed Pat Elfline to also a guaranteed contract, potentially probably be their starting left guard. And depending on how things go with him, he could fit in to be their long-term center after Matt Paradis exits in free agency next offseason. Also says Dickerson is coming off a torn ACL. He suffered in December, but should be ready to play this season. The Panthers signed guard Pat Elfline in free agency, but they still need to have another option at guard. Because John Miller, what's what's his long-term status going to be here in Carolina? I already brought up Paradis. He's likely out the door next year. Who knows how things work out at Elfline. There's major needs at every position on the offensive line outside of right tackle Taylor Moten, who has been franchise tagged, and hopefully the Panthers will extend him by July 15th. That mock I don't hate. I know Panther fans will lose their minds if Justin Fields is there and they don't take him. I just feel like at this point in time, with the trading for Sam Darnold and a lot of the things that people close to the team have said to you, if you're 
hoping they're going to take a quarterback and they're not going to, and they don't take one, you're setting yourself up for failure and not for failure, really for disappointment on draft night. If you're sitting here still hoping they're going to take Justin Fields, like it's possible it could happen, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I could be wrong, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm wrong a lot of times as you will find out, but I hope I'm also right. But honestly, I don't really care. I just want to be entertaining and give you all the information you guys want to need that you, that you need here on the locked on Panthers podcast. So Dickerson at 39, I would actually really like that pick for the Carolina Panthers. And hell, in my dream, they take Panay Sewell or an offensive tackle at eight. And then at 39, they take a center or a guard. I'd be cool with that. My, they take seven offensive linemen. I know it's crazy. I don't truly believe this, but there's a part of me that does. They take seven offensive linemen. I wouldn't hate that at all. I'd be like, yeah, finally. We finally invested in the offensive line. So... That's it for this episode of Locked On Panthers Podcast. Your host, me, Julian Council. Again, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, which is formerly radio.com, but now Odyssey. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. I think on Friday, I'm going to do a mailbag. I've been teasing this, so if you follow me, you tweet at me, either just at me or DM me. Send me your mailbag questions. I'm going to think I'm going to start doing this on Friday. It's a good thing to do going into the weekend, trying to answer your questions about the Carolina Panthers. So starting Friday, I think I'm going to start doing a weekly mailbag. Maybe not weekly because we do have a draft coming up in a couple weeks, so I probably won't have it that day. But I'm going to try and make Fridays as our mailbag day. So tweet at me at Julian Council for that. Again, your team every day right here Locked on Panthers podcast. Thanks so much for the love and the hate. If you're, if you're a hater, if you're a hater, I appreciate the hate too because the haters fuel me. But I will talk to you all tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.